Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I'm Jerry. Max is here. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, we are. Uh, we're back after a little after a little lull, uh, doing a uh, doing a delayed Derby reaction instead of an instant one, like the day after. Because, uh, well, and it's my fault this time. <laughs> uh, I I had work. Mm-hmm. I. I was actually uh, off writing about football, which doesn't happen often, but it was wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah. At least you're so writing about football. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I just don't get to do it much. So, so, yeah, this was my fault. You're getting your videos late this week. <laughs> Bring on the hate. Uh, so, so, before we get into anything, let's, for the podcasters, let's, we need to talk about something that happened yesterday in Champions League. Uh, Max and I both happened to watch the same game, and yep. it happened to get kind of nuts. Uh, Juve, Real Madrid, um, the aggregate ended up 4-3. Um, phenomenal comeback by Juve, but completely marked really by by the very end in extra time, the added time. Yeah. Um, was this close to going into uh, extra periods? Yeah, it really looked like Juve were to take an inspiration from Roma, really. But um, uh, and you know, it really did look like they were going to see it out. But as you say, the the chaotic ending, and of course, the great club that is Real Madrid power through like they always do in the Champions League. Yeah, I I've seen a number of people that watch La Liga often, saying that these are the breaks that Madrid always get, that this is yeah. what always happened with Real. And yeah. they're, they're basically <clears throat> saying that it's just, uh, I, I, I don't think they're insinuating it's luck or good fortune. No, I, with Real Madrid, and I've, I forgot the podcast, so excuse me, I listen to a lot of football and podcasts, and I, someone said when talking about Real Madrid, they're a club that just seem to have a situational greatness about them. They they just rise to the occasion when the occasion is calling. And um, I think, you know, you cast your mind back to last season, a, a club had never won a Champions League back-to-back. And now there's a strong possibility that they, they're winning three on the bounce. Um, yeah. So, you know, there is just something about that club that they are just... When, when there's an occasion to be won, they will rise and, you know... Who better to have in your team than a certain Cristiano Ronaldo mm. to 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 be there to to put the crown on it? And I felt, I felt of course, I, I felt for Juve last night because of you know obviously with the pen, with the penalty, you, you just knew Ronaldo would step up. Yeah, Ronaldo would take his shirt off when he scored, and he'd take all the. Back I think pace. that was my least favorite part. Not that I mean I can deal with people taking their shirt off, whatever. <laughs> but it seemed like I don't know. Is poor taste the word I'm? um, Is that the phrase I'm looking for? Not a very tasteful move after what just happened. I I suppose, and of course, I don't know if you if you watched um, Cardiff Wolves earlier last week, but um, the Wolves manager got into a a spot of bother with excessive celebrations after Wolves saved two penalties in in the last few minutes, and. um, 
But I think that's just part and parcel of football. You know, emotional celebrations do happen. But with Cristiano, I think obviously the issue that everyone takes with it really is that it's Cristiano Ronaldo. And when someone's that successful, they're always going to have their detractors, aren't they? Um, and I don't think Real expected to to end up coming through that tie once once the third goal went in. <laughs> so to to win it in such a fashion, you know, I, I knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah, I, that was the only thing that kind of annoyed me. I'm ac- actually somebody I I don't like saying either CR7 or Messi is a better player. I'm not one of those who feel I don't feel the need to rank them. You know what mm. I mean? That's just not something that's important to me. But yeah. if I think about which one is more my personality of player, then I'm going to say Messi. You know yeah, what I mean? I'm, incl- I'm inclined to, to agree with you there. I try and avoid the comparison at all yeah. costs because, you know, we're, just, we're blessed to see quite possibly the two greatest players of all time, you know, yeah. be able to sh- share a pitch. It's, it's very rare that, that such a, you know, uh, you know, it just, I think it's crazy that we're, we're you know we're lucky enough to see two such talents. But um, again, Ronaldo just seems to to breed these moments where he just takes the spotlight. And obviously, his form wasn't great at the start of the season, but he's kind of he's played his way into form now, and he just he just seems unstoppable, similar to Messi in a way. It just it looked like a perfect penalty. It was he absolutely oh, slammed oh, it to the right I, side. I, yeah, I really do think that is one of the, the given given the scenario and given the pressure that has got to go down as one of the best penalties of all time. I hear a lot of people. I don't. I don't hear a lot of people because let's be honest. I don't get to talk to a lot of people about about football in my immediate life. But I mean, you, Max. There you go. You and the guys, Max. This is, <laughs> you are you are my circle. But <laughs> but. I, a lot of people on Twitter are saying that, you know, don't come to me and say Messi's the best. Messi couldn't couldn't score when his team needed him. CR7 stepped up today. And I'm kind of like, you know, Ronaldo wasn't very – wasn't extremely uh, present in this particular game. Uh, you no, know what I mean? No. Like he had some decent players. It was his header that put uh, that put the player in position who got fouled. You know, yeah. he set up the penalty because it was a very smart header. He's a good yeah. player, but I'm I'm just not hearing this, uh, you know this pen this penalty shuts down the Messi versus Ronaldo argument. I don't no, agree with that. It doesn't, you know. But um, yeah, I, I, I personally I thought the way Real Madrid, um, the the game strategy and the game plan I thought was quite bizarre at times. It was almost as if the best form of defense would attack. Yeah. Um, I, I felt they were on the front foot. Um. Quite well, not as not as much as Juventus, but they certainly they didn't take a defensive approach to the game like you would have expected them to. Um, yeah. yeah, it was it was a really intriguing game to be honest. There were uh, again um, condolences almost to, to Juventus for yeah. you know they were they got that goal early on. Um, almost almost took a similar approach to what City tried to do against Liverpool, um, and eventually you know they did get the three goals, but. What a game! Really, what a game! Yeah, exciting. Shame it ended the way it did. Uh, for you, do you have do you have a strong opinion about the penalty? Yay or nay? Correct call, not correct call. Um, the the, the penalty, uh, I do think it was. I think it was the correct call. Uh, as as for the red card, uh, I feel it, it's excessive. You know, we were talking off camera where 
about you know the the mob of, of Juventus players that went over to Michael Oliver and obviously there was a lot of pushing and shoving going on amongst the players and, and you know you said that the argument can be raised that Buffon was actually pushed into Michael Oliver mm-hmm. um, and again we've talked about it on the show before about English officials and English referees that there just seems to be a an obvious inconsistency with them and a tendency for them to steal the limelight away from the game itself and I feel the red card was unnecessary because, again, you're sending off a legend like Gigi Buffon in what could possibly be his last Champions League game. Um, I don't know what else you expect, to be honest, other than to be on the the back pages the next morning. Yeah, I'm I'm torn about the whole thing. Uh, Love Buffon. Um, If if I were the referee there, I would not have given a, a penalty. I would not have given a PK. For my American peeps out there, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done it, but I, I totally get it being called. There was contact. If I don't have an issue with Calvert Lewin's penalty against Liverpool, yeah, you know, there was contact there, and there was contact here. So if I'm going to be consistent, I would have to say this would be a penalty if that was a penalty. I, you know, I, my, my, but I still I, wouldn't have I, called it. <laughs> I know that my, my I probably you know in my own personal opinion I probably wouldn't have given the penalty myself but given that Benati has gone round the you know through the back of Lucas Vasquez I, I feel like you know if, if any player tries to win the ball f- from around the back particularly in the penalty area in a game of such magnitude then you you're always running the risk mm-hmm. of a decision going against you so I, I feel like you know go, going in from the from the back. It's never really going to end well. But as, as you said off camera, you know, is that decision going to be called if it's in midfield? I really don't think so. And I don't think so either. That's why I probably I wouldn't have called it. But I'd make a really shit referee, Max. <laughs> I would be an awful official. So <laughs> I'm one of those. The, my problem is I'm the guy who says, well, I see both sides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd be deliberating yeah. for way too long. So yeah, yeah. basically, I mean, I, I hear it's, it seems pretty split on whether it was a, a penalty or not, um, but and it's I think it's less split about whether or not it should have been a red. Um, yeah, I don't know, yeah. man. I I would not have given either, but I'm just some guy, uh, and and I don't feel strongly enough about it to to go to hit the social media. Vain, you know what I mean? To basically say, "Oh, I'm ready to, I'm ready to pound out my frustrations here." I'm just not, you know. I don't. I think yeah. there's enough in it in his decision. He could defend it easily. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I feel like he can't. There, there is grounds for him to defend his call. But you know, it just goes back to me point. Why? You know, because he was even he was the subject of discussion. For a lot of the game as well, um, the the Real Madrid players and the Juventus players, you know, had a lot to say to him for a lot for a lot of his calls, mm-hmm. um, particularly Ronaldo. Um, yeah, I know. A lot of the that. time, over overreacted at times, but you know, complained about a lot of the um, decisions that Michael Oliver had made. But again, it just goes back to me points against English referee for English referees. They just love having the limelight on themselves. I'd like to watch more of other leagues to kind of to get. I I, I can't make that determin, determination because I don't watch enough La Liga. I know mm. I watch MLS 
and I watch my my Concacaf Champions League. Yeah. By the way, that's going to be Chivas versus Toronto FC in the final. So yeah, pretty Toronto. Toronto beat out Club Club America, which and convincingly too. So crazy. We actually may have an MLS champion. Uh, Yeah, and apparently there were two MLS Concacaf Champions League champions, but they were like early two thousand. One was early two thousand. One was late to mid nineties. So oh, right. I guess it did happen, but just not in the Champions League that we know today. Mm, so yeah. I wanted to amend my statement before, but it just hasn't happened in a long time. But yeah. uh, but I see referees all the time uh, in either CONCACAF or in MLS being overly demonstrative, you know, like miming, yeah. like excessively, like, mm. hey, pay attention to me. I want you to look at my motion. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. not... It's really, and I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to to show the bench and to show everybody on the field who can't hear them speak what their call yeah. is. But it's so over the top sometimes. It, it, it's not not just that for me though. I, I do watch a lot of football from around around Europe in particular. Mm-hmm. But I think in England more than anywhere else, the flow um, just it, games don't flow as well. I feel like. Contact is is something that is quickly going out of the sports, and that's something that you really don't want to see happen. Could you, you know, could, can you imagine football being a non-contact sport? It's it's absolutely <laughs> bizarre how, the, the way things are going. Any slight bit of contact and the refs blowing up. Yeah, um, that's something that really gets on my nerves. And the thing is, like you see that I think I feel like La Liga allows even less contact than Premier League. Yeah, the little that, bit that I have seen. Yeah, that, that that's always been in, that's always been within within the reputation of La Liga, though. I, yeah. I feel I feel like you're well aware of that uh, as a Go player yeah. for, for, for uh, La Liga. I think you know it, it's less contact and more more playing football. Yeah. So I think uh, so. I'd say I think maybe you're a little bit more accepting of the penalty than I am. If you're you're not fifty fifty with the penalty, you're more toward it is a penalty. Yeah. I'm more fifty fifty, well, on that. But I think both of us agree about the red card. Yeah, that maybe don't don't ever give Gigi a red. Yeah, damn it. I hope, <laughs> you know, I was going to say would the outcome be different if he was in net for the penalty, but. It's hard. That that penalty looked unstoppable, didn't it? Yeah, and and Chesney actually picked the right way. Yeah, he went the right direction, but he did not go fast enough because that ball was an absolute rocket. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wonder if we would be as upset if would we be having these conversations about the red card if it was Chesney that had gotten the red card and Buffon had come off the bench. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, it, it seemed reminiscent of, of Zidane's exit in the 2006 World That but, you absolutely know. broke my heart. Zidane's one of my uh, favorite players to watch. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Mm, it's very ironic that it was against the team that he was managing, yeah. and the fact that they both played in the 2006 World Cup final too. Um, <laughs> just again, it's not 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 for the not the correct fashion for someone of Gigi Buffon's stature to go out. No, no. See, that's. I just have to keep catching myself. Are am I annoyed at the red just because it's him? If it was yeah. any other keeper, would I? You know, I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to be honest with myself, I guess. 
Yeah, I think as a, as a referee, if you're given a if you're given a penalty in injury time, that can lose the side of the game. I'm yeah. sure you're going to expect to be mobbed. So to to give a red card, that's just a bit silly, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty pretty damn. I don't know. I was upset yesterday for a little while, just because it just seemed like it totally ruined what was such an amazing game and threw controversy mm-hmm. on top of it. I was like, no. I wanted this to go to added minutes. Yeah. That's what I wanted. I wanted to see them scrap it out, 11 and 11. Yeah. You know, that just sucked. You know, give me a pure ending. Mm. Whatever. Never. Hollywood endings. Don't always get them. So we need to move on because this is not just a uh, European football podcast. Uh it is a podcast, though, on Everton. So here's your Everton podcast summary for this episode. Back uh, to the Blues. Yeah, got to go back to the Blues, even though I think we're all kind of ready for summer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if we're just being honest. Uh, so uh, we're going to start the podcast, uh, the big show, with a delayed Derby reaction. Um, as I alluded to earlier, uh, we've had some time to let it sink in. How are we feeling? What do we think? Uh, then we'll go into a little bit of Everton news, basic pod exclusive Everton news, talking about uh, how long Sam, Big Sam going to be around. And if he's not, uh, who might be uh, who might be stepping in? There's been some recent rumors, and we'll discuss those. Then we're going to finish up with uh, with a Swansea preview. Yeah, we play them this weekend. The games are still going, folks. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't stopped yet. Uh, anyway, so I guess the, let's move on. Let's move to the uh, Darby delayed reaction. Max, your initial thoughts, please. Obviously, now we've, we've had time to process it. Um, if you were, the, if you would have asked me before the game, would I have took a point? Probably, but. The, the the team the team performance it, it was in the the intensity certainly seemed to step up a gear than what it was against Manchester City you know mm-hmm. we we did we did seem to to care almost I think we did show Liverpool far too much respect though um, coming into this game knowing that they had a big Champions League tie fielded a few players that wouldn't have usually got in the starting eleven. Do, do not understand why the aggressive Merseyside derby attitude didn't kind of manifest itself from our lads, really. I don't know why we didn't get stuck in and rough them up a little bit. Um, oh, it just, just kind of reminded me of that double slide and tackle from Michael Keane, which was probably my favourite moment of the entire game. <laughs> which, you know, because, you know, there were, there were spells that, you know, Look, look good for Everton and and, and boded well for the future in terms of you know what what we're going to shape and what we're going to look like going forward. But um, if we'd have just realised that they were there for the taking, yeah, with with less than fifteen twenty minutes to go, it, it could have been a completely different outcome. That the the, the last fifteen twenty minutes, we really did take it to them. I think when Dominic Calvert Lewin came on. Yeah. He completely changed the game. He had a fantastic game. He's agonisingly close with that chance at the end where I think he, he took the wrong decision, really. He really could have put it into the middle rather than have a go himself. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, to be to be honest, it, it, obviously it would have been nice to, to to get the win. But as we've said many a time, the season pretty much seems dead now, doesn't it? So <laughs> just one of those, another derby without a win, isn't it? Yeah, um, I do think I I was disappointed. It felt it felt like a loss. Um, mm. First half, I wasn't. I don't think I was as upset with our effort first half as a lot of people, a lot of supporters on Twitter, flat out mm. just condemning us. I thought that there was a stretch there where our intensity was. We had, we had more intensity than they did. I thought we were beating them to 50-50 balls. The problem is when they got possession, that's when we backed off. Yeah. And we, we kind of chilled, and that's where I was getting annoyed watching. Um, my five-year-old watched the whole first half, and I was like, dude, you should have watched the second. That was mm-hmm. the better one for us, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, uh, it's funny. Like, uh, all, only every, the only thing everybody was talking about is saying Liverpool were fielding a B team. Um, and fielding a reserve squad. However, I did a little, took a little look at who they started: Karius, Van Dyke, Lovren, Klavan, Klein, Henderson, Milner, Wijnaldum, Solanke, Mane, and Ings. Okay, Firmino and Alexander Ar- and Arnold and Ox all subbed in. Okay, so if you do the math, the players out of all those players out of that fourteen. The only ones, out of 14 players, the only ones that don't start with regularity, Klavan, Klein, Solanke, Ings. Everybody yeah. else, so 10 out of the 14 players are regular starters for Liverpool. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty upset with that we haven't got the, uh, the, the economics of, uh, of the sides because I know the side that they fielded was a lot more expensive than the team that we put out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we can, you know, the, the, you need to just rubbish that B team. Rumour they played a few players that wouldn't usually get into the starting eleven, mm-hmm. but um, and uh, you know they they got the job done in in the Champions League, so obviously it did, it did go to plan for them. Um, and as you say, when they were in possession, that was when you you know you had a little bit of an argument for come on Evan, yeah, you know, try and try and rough them up a minute, rough them up a bit. We see, you know, we were defensively organised. Obviously, we didn't concede. I think. Liverpool were quite wasteful, particularly in that first half. But um, you know, you wanted to see us press further up rather than let them come and play in around our box, which they did for the majority of the first half. Um, I think I lost count with how many times James Milner was pulling balls back into the box. Yeah. But uh, I think obviously Sam's come into that game seeing it as a expected loss, hasn't he? So. I think he'd be celebrating that point rather than seeing it, seeing it like us as two points dropped. Yeah, I think he is. Um, I don't know. When I saw the lineup immediately, I was like, okay, this is the game we feed Walcott all game long. Because Walcott had a matchup against Klavan. Klavan, I know. How do we not take advantage of that? How? I, do- I, I know. I... I, I, I a lot of a lot of people have said to me, you know, it looked like Walcott went missing for a lot of that game, but I I think he was the only one, with the exception of Calvert Lewin, when he came on later in the game. When he was on the ball, he looked like the only one that looked like he was gonna cause Liverpool problems with mm. his pace. I mean, I've got an I I said that after the game, I really want to see. Um, 
Theo Walcott started up front now. Because, mm. you, you know, if you put, put him next to Tosin, his pace and how dynamic he is and, and the, the openings that he creates, I think Tosin would feed off that. Tosin would feed off the, the space that he creates and the runs that he makes. And I think it would be really beneficial but as a, as a, as a, as a you know, a tactical change almost to, to push Walcott further up the pitch. I would have wanted wanted to see t- the two up front of Walcott and Tolton. However, with the with the performance of Calvert Lewin, I really do I really would like to see the three of them kind of let loose a little bit almost and mm-hmm. play as a as a tighter three rather than two wide wingers and the one up front. Yeah, letting loose wasn't is, hasn't really been Sam's game plan this no. season. Whenever he's been in, uh, he didn't really let let us do that until the last 10 15 minutes maybe a little generous but uh you know and, and frankly we we were battering them we had mm-hmm. the opportunities we were the ones on the front foot um and a lot of people were thinking you know why did it take Everton's players this long to get going and I'm thinking well that's I I think it was clearly Sam's plan sit back, chill, 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 make sure they don't score, and then all of a sudden, let's go! You know, that's what seemed like the the way to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess uh, I'm going to agree about Walcott in terms of him looking like he was on the front foot and causing something to happen, but I'll agree with your friends who said he went missing because I don't think we got him the ball enough. And that was the biggest problem, is that we weren't feeding him enough. Not that he played poorly, but he's got to have opportunities, you know? Yeah. I mean, if opinions on Yannick Balassi, please, Jerry. Okay. Because. Yeah. First half, that shot looked good. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, a great it was, shot. It was a great save as well. It was. You know, he had, he, he had no business making that save, mm. you know? I think uh, that is going to be... That save is going to be Karius's highlight reel for the season. That one yeah. save—that's his whole highlight reel, right there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but other than that, and I like Balassi. I thought one of the big things that changed is when he went out of the game and we brought in, brought in DCL, like you mentioned. Yeah. He just—he seemed like a passenger for for the entire game. I mean, I remember when I remember when we first brought him in. Everyone was really excited to see him play against Liverpool because yeah. playing against um, Liverpool in the past for Palace, he's produced some real good high-intensity performance. I think he's only produced one goal. Mm-hmm. I think he might have grabbed a few assists, but his, his performances against Liverpool tend to be, you know, usually quite good. Uh, obviously, he missed what would have been his first Merseyside derby through injury after he got injured against Manchester United, yeah. and obviously that put him out for a long time, but. You know, we re- I really expected a big performance from Yannick Balassi and it just didn't materialise at all. Especially since he played, his performance improved last game. I think you see a lot of times people saying, okay, well, he surprised me. And then they say, he's shit. Oh, you know, mm. he looks like he's coming around. Oh, now he's shit again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you, you, you see him bashed often. Yeah. Uh, but... I don't know. I just think we're not going to get a whole lot of consistency out of him right now. Maybe ever. It could be he's just one of those guys that you can't start every week. You need to start two out of three games, you know, and uh, and pull him when he deserves it. Mm-hmm. I think the worst performance I've seen all season 
one of the one of the worst performances I've seen all season from any of our players was I think it was was it Balassi against Spurs. Oh yeah. Every time he gave the ball back to him, and yeah. and, and like I said, I I probably like Balassi more than most. He's a player I wanted to buy because he looked dominant every time I watched him, but he was inconsistent before his injury. Yeah, yeah, so, I agree. Um, I was. I think we were. I was a little underwhelmed with Walcott, but not really his fault. I was uh, underwhelmed, uh, a little disappointed in uh, Rooney's play. Um, yeah, not his, go, not go, his best. We're gonna comment on his little um, backlash to directed at Sam Allardyce. You know, he cares. Yeah, he cares. Yeah. He cares about the derby. Uh, he wasn't. He wasn't playing that great. I no, get he, why he was pulled. Yeah, you know? I, I was. Re- was rooting for that sub as well. Who, who was it? That, it was Gay, wasn't it? That came on in his place. I'm sure it was. Yes, Adrissa Gay, um, because that rarely seemed look. It looked like. Um, and what did I tell you about Gay? I had the feeling that I had the feeling that he wouldn't start despite Sam Allardyce coming out and saying, you know, he's fully fit, he's ready to go. Yeah, I had, I had the feeling he wouldn't start, and it, you know, it proved to be so. But. Um, Rarely do feel like if he was in the mood and could have started that game, then the result might have been different. Because you know that in your face, high press, the style of play that Gay has, yeah, really would have suited coming up against this Liverpool side who didn't like it, don't like it when you take it to them. Yeah. Um. But but just going back to Rooney, I really just echo your point. Really, he cares. He he knows what the the Merseyside derby means. He knows what playing for Everton means and. To be honest, who hasn't said that towards Sam Allardyce if you're an Evertonian this season? Let's be honest. Um, it, it's passion. Um, I think a lot, a lot of um, a lot of players get criticised for not showing enough passion. So, for 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 an for an outlash like an outlash like this, you know, it, it, it just down to passion. Uh, yeah, and and Rooney's a weird situation because. We got to start thinking moving forward how much he's going to play against, like in a season, in a Premier League season, moving forward. Uh, people are claiming he can't; he has trouble playing against the the top six. Top six um, yeah. He has some issues playing against them, but he excels playing against you know the the, the other teams. Do you mm. keep a player? Who you you situationally you can only situationally play him, and you have to play him beside at least one speedy player. Because if you play him in a central midfield two or three with someone else who is as slow or slower, Schneiderlin, mm-hmm. yep, Davies, I was waiting for that. You know, if you try to do that, he gets exposed. You almost yeah. have to have someone like Bonningami or uh, or Gay to play yeah. in that in that three that midfield three. To make sure he's not exposed. Otherwise, he looks bad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. that's. I think he was not set up for success in this one. But at mm. the same time, for it's a bummer to have to cater to to a player. You know what I mean? To kind of yeah. go out of your way to cover up their weakness. Yeah. Which is his speed. Uh, the, the the point that I think got, dra- got dragged up after that game was that I just remember... Walking out of the, I was sitting in the main stand. It's been a while since I sat in the main. Okay, coming out of the main stand, I heard someone say, "He's the same age as David Silver." Uh, you know, it it does make you think. Obviously, uh, you know, David Silver's got a completely different team around him, uh, mm. and is arguably a completely different player. 
But in terms of, of physically and fitness-wise, do they look like they're on the same level? Doesn't seem it. No. Yeah. Um, uh, really quick, little tangent. There's a fantastic photo out there of, uh, I guess it's uh, it's after we had just missed out on a goal. We were this close. Tosin is on the ground, I think. He's upset. Gay's in there somewhere. And you see it's Liverpool's goal. And then in, in, in the crowd, in the stands just behind, if you look closely, there's a picture of David looking very disappointed. Oh, is that? Yeah. If you look look around, there's it's, it's this amazing photo. And David is going like... Yeah, and it's it's, it's a it's, heartbreaking photo because no, all of our I, players I, look upset and our fans do. Oh, I know if that's the photo that I think you're talking about, I'm sure I've seen it. Where literally every everyone in a blue shirt and every fan literally got the hands yes, on the head. Like, that is that is totally you know, the one. And David's in the I middle mean, of it. It's oh, I need to, I need to have a little go of where's Wally and try and try and find him in the middle of it. I got psyched and I showed my whole family and I was like I was like Bennett, <laughs> do you remember that guy? He's on your show. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, I hesitate, you know, celebrating that too much because, you know, we didn't win. But still, mm. and, and it's David looking disappointed. But <laughs> it's just kind of cool. Just saying. Yeah. Um, so, Keen, uh, Keen surprised in a good way. Yeah. Uh, played, a sound, played a sound game. Both centers Mm-hmm. Uh, DCL, as we mentioned earlier, uh, came in, was a, was a spark. And you know who was not the worst player on the pitch that everybody expected to be? Schneiderlin. Yeah, the good game. He was he not the worst. A lot of people slated him saying he still jogged around not caring. I, no. I sort of no. disagree. I, did, I didn't I did see. Did he may think. have done that, and I didn't see it. He, I, no, but he, he looked. He worked. Yeah. He worked up. He was dispossessing them. He was sprinting back. He was uh, putting his nose where he wasn't supposed to. That's what he's supposed to do. That's that's what you want to see. Yes. And it was a good performance. You know, when he puts the effort in, and I said that, you know, I have I have kind of gone out, gone off giving him lifelines now. But you know, I was in his corner for a very long time, and I always kind of said, you know. When Everton, when this Everton team are at the best, I really do feel like Morgan Schneiderland in the side. But um, and it it just seems to be you know when 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 the chips are down and when when we're when when we're under the cosh, he just seems to go hiding and he seems to go missing. But not this game, no. It's weird. It's like he needs the entire. He needs a big ball of positivity around him. He needs everybody lifting up. Everybody happy, everybody moving forward. Because if they're not, and if there's any sign of the teams playing poorly, there's bad vibes. It affects him immediately. He just stops giving a shit. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. there's uh, he is the player I point to, and I, and I'm and you can see him not sprinting back when the other team gets an opportunity on goal, not tracking back and letting it like letting an offensive player. You know, an attacking player slice in and get a cross off mm-hmm. like he did against City, David Silva. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just I can point to moments where I'm like, he's not arsed. He doesn't care. You know, but it's strange when you see him just flip it on because I thought he was gone mentally, gone. Yeah. And and I don't know why he's back. I, I'm glad. I'm glad because you know what he played well last season. Yeah. 
Just hope it, hope it continues. Let's hope we find some consistency in this. Maybe. Here's, here's the cynical thing. Maybe he's heard the rumor that a new manager is watching these, three, these last few games to see who they want to keep. Mm. But knowing Schneiderlin, I would think right now he wants to peace out unless he's heard who that yeah. manager is. And maybe he's excited about that manager. Possibly. Yes. Possibly. So he, he's heard the rumor about Bruce Arena, clearly. <laughs> you and <laughs> <laughs> Me and my American managers. Yes. <laughs> and no one hopefully thinks I'm serious. Hey. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I'm surprised and baffled by the whole thing. But I'm glad. Uh, and I just, I guess uh, a lot of people were still bashing him. Um, you've really got to look hard to bash him for that game, though. I just didn't yeah. see it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, what a weird, enigmatic player. Yeah. Just when you got him figured out, he does that shit. I don't, weird. <laughs> um, okay, so anything else on the Derby? Uh, yeah. You know what I'm like. You know I always want to win, no matter who we're up against. But I hate saying this as well, but it's always next season. And I hate saying this as well, but that, but that still it could have actually gone worse. Yeah. We've seen true. this season – We've seen previous derbies that could have gone a lot worse. I hate being like it's, – it's so defeatist. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not a very yeah. positive, optimistic yeah, – it's, 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 a, it's a horrible mentality to have, but given how low this season's gone, you know, you, you've, got to, you've got to kind of look for the silver lining. Yeah, and, you know, I don't, I don't, like, I don't like them, but you know what? They, they're a strong squad this season. Yeah, they, they are. are. They're very good. You know, so that's just the. I suppose we're supposed to be shitting all over them, but you know, like ah, oh, they suck all the time. I don't care. <laughs> but you know what? It they're uh, they didn't score. We shut them out. Yeah. Despite them dominating possession first half. So mm. uh, anyway, so yeah, that's. I guess that's it's a little bit of a positive, but a little bit of a negative at the same time to end mm. our segment on. Um. So I guess that's it for our delayed Derby reaction. Uh, The dust has settled, uh, but I'm not sure if we see it any clearer. So our pod exclusive today in this episode is just some pretty basic Everton news, and it's all managerial, Uh, super predictable right now. Uh, rumors abound, and uh, the most recent, most most applicable rumor uh, to our conversation is that uh, Big Sam is probably going to uh, going to get sacked at the end of the season, uh, maybe even earlier, is what some people are saying. Um, so let's pretend Everton does not have. A replacement lined up. Is it wise to sack Big Sam before the end of the season? No, because I feel like it. Um, it just emphasises how much of a joke this season's been. Like you know, you know, look at the the play, the people that would step in and take his place. It'd probably be Rhino, David Unsworth again, mm-hmm. and you know, to have the same man 
manage it twice within one season. I think, you know, it, it speaks volumes of how much of a calamity it's been. And I'm, I'm, I, I want Sam out, but just ride the wave, wait till the season's over and then get the business done. Yeah, I'm, uh, if I'm, pre- I'm pretending like I'm Mashiri, okay, which this is a huge stretch because he's got at least $12 more than I do, at least, <laughs> all right? I was being hyperbolic. I'm super poor. So, so basically, Big Sam all the whole time talks about how he's had assurances that he's, he's the man for the job, that they want him in the job, okay? So if I'm Moshiri and if I've had to reassure Sam all along, look, you're our guy. We're glad you're here. We'll give you what you need. We'll give you what you need. If, we, if I've done that, and I don't have somebody to walk in and take his place right now. I feel like because of the words I've said to him before, I need to let him finish out the season at least. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, especially if he's not completely embarrassing the club. If we had lost 4-0 to Liverpool in the Derby, I think we would be talking about Big Sam going early. Like soon. But we tied. You know, we drew. Nil-nil. Yeah, just... Just just drab, wasn't it? And it's just been pretty much a summary of what it's been like under Allardyce, really. It's just... Everything just feels like a chore. Yeah. And... Again, I just... I, I don't know, because... If you get them, if you get them up before the season closes, there is always the possibility that it, you know it, it gives the team and it gives the dressing room a lift, it gives them a bit of a kick up, kick up the arse ahead of the remaining games. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of Evertonians would feel a lot more comfortable travelling to the game, knowing it wasn't Sam Allardyce in the dugout. I think that that was me because so sacking Sam Allardyce could give the you know the atmosphere a huge boost. Mm-hmm. But again, at, the, at that risk of the instability, well, I was going to say the, the, the risk that it, of instability that it brings to the side. But can can you really get any more unstable? I think you can get more unstable. I really do. I can't. Here's an unpopular opinion. I think things could have gone much worse under Sam. Um, yeah, you know if what it I wasn't mean. For that. If it wasn't for that run of games when he first come in, mm. then, yeah, things would have been a lot worse. And so I, I don't think he's done the worst job. Uh, I've seen other managers do a poorer job at Everton. I have, you know, and I, like a, it's a really not exciting prospect uh, with Sam being at the club right now. I don't know. I, there are, I'd say, 10 out of every – one out of every 10 supporters – says they'd be okay with Sam staying. And I think that's overestimating. Mm. You know? Um, You know what I mean? But uh, I think if you're the club, you can't have such unrest in your supporters. We're not... You know, we're... we're, Right now, we've got got a manager who's so worried, he he doesn't want to play Davy Clawson. Yeah. Did you see that comment, yes, by the way? that's what I was talking about. That's exactly what I was alluding to. You know? 
Yeah. I mean, for those of you listening, essentially Sam said, yeah, Clausen's an enigma. He's an anomaly, I think is the word he used. But he said, you know, it'd be great to play him, but if I do, we might lose. And it's my business to win. And if I play him and we lose, then it's my neck on the line. It's just this constant shifting of where the responsibility lies, <laughs> isn't it? It's, it's you know, it's my fault if it goes wrong. But when it does go wrong, it's the player's fault, really. And that's and, the thing is the immediacy of Sam's vision, how very short-sighted he has been. Yeah. That has been the big issue with a lot of people is he's thinking about now. Yeah. And he's thinking about how do I make myself look good right now yeah. instead of what is, what's best for the club moving forward. I so agree. It's, it's, a, it's, a tough, it's a tough conversation. I, I personally, we, personally would be fine if he continued to the end of the season. I think despite him being Big Sam, he is a person. And I don't think yeah. he has played himself or coached himself or managed himself into embarrassment yet. Now, we lose to Swans, okay, by more than a goal, and the next game doesn't go well. I think morale is going way down, farther than mm. it was before, and you got to think about something that's going to springboard you into summer. Yeah. Ugh. Man, but so who knows exactly what's going on here? Um, I still predict he's going to be around to the end of the season. Yeah, and I think I think that's what's going to happen. And I think if we get rid of him, then uh, Moshiri better better have his man nailed down. Better. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. So speaking of Moshiri's man, the uh, second bit of news, which is which is really like. Six bits of news smushed together into one, like, Voltron bit of news. You know, a bunch of small pieces creating a whole. Uh, mm. Yeah. Uh, the rumor is that Fonseca is the number one choice. And this is coming mm. from, like, eight different sources on Twitter. Okay? And about six of those are saying that Silva's going to get it if Fonseca is not in. If Fonseca does something else. Mm. All right. Then there are other sources that say how is being considered and Arteta is being are being considered. Yeah. Let me rephrase that. How and Arteta are supposedly being considered. And uh, then two other names from other places in the media. Laurent Blanc has been discussed and Claudio Ranieri has, has been discussed as well. Now... Um, none of the in-club sources that you see or people that say they're ITK mention Laurent Blanc or Ranieri. So I'm sort of, you know, putting those up as possibly not true and possibly agents pushing their client out there. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think with with, um, with Blanc and with Ranieri, they're, they're, they're not long-term solutions with them. Um, and uh, I, I, I wanted to get into this because I'm, I'm curious how to how to you and how to how, how to others feel. But and it might just be cause be just be because we've really hit the lowest of the low, and anything but this right now would be better under Sam Allardyce. But really, possibly with the exception of Arteta, every name that gets mentioned, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, 
I would agree with that. I think, I will say, I think Hal feels like an underwhelming choice only because, and here's why, all right? It's because it's because he's come with Bournemouth, and I associate Bournemouth with mid-table to lower table. Yeah. And I, but I actually think just to, just to follow this up, I think that thought process is wrong. I think he's done he's worked miracles with yeah. that squad I, and with that I, club. I was just gonna say, Eddie Howe is very much the type of manager I want to see come in at Everton. I want to see a project manager come in. I think I know you were saying, you know, you associate Bournemouth with being mid-table in the Premier League, but you, you know, you need to take a step back and look yeah, at the journey. So, exactly. You know, you need to look at it as a as an entirety and as a project within itself. And you know, the journey that he's had to take them to where they are has been quite well, not in short of phenomenal, really. Yeah. And that that's a, that's just the, the the type of manager I want to see associated with Everton. So I don't mind if Eddie Howe comes in. I don't mind if you know Marco Silva comes in. They're, they're very much man managers with a long term sight and a long term ambition. And you said yourself earlier, you know how frustrating is it that under Sam Allardyce, how short term he seems to be, yeah. how mentally he just you know it's the week that came before and the week that's ahead of him, and and that's yeah. it. It's not looking a season ahead. It's not looking at long-term ambitions or long-term goals. And that's really what I feel like this next manager that comes in needs to be. I think we need to give him time and we need to let him make his impression and put his stamp on the squad. And I really don't mind who it is out of the names that are getting thrown about. Yeah. uh, I do think if it's Fonseca, and this is, I don't even know why I'm saying this. It's sort of an unnecessary point. But if it's Fonseca and he hits a skid, I think he will be given more leeway and more patience than if Howe is is appointed and if he hits a skid. I yeah. think that Moshiri would pull the trigger quicker on Howe than he would on Fonseca. Um, yeah. Maybe even quicker than if he hired Arteta. That, that, that That's a funny one because I... I... Do you think the 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 royalty almost of working second in hand to Pep Guardiola would give him such luxury? Yes, that's the thing. I think Moshiri wants. I, I always say the sexy name. He mm. wants a big name. He hired. He brought in Kuman. Was his first first manager to bring in. You know, and so I think he wants the big sexy name. I think he sees Fonseca as the biggest sexiest name that's out there right now. Yeah, you know, um, Silva is an interesting choice. Um, he's managed two Premier League clubs. Yeah, uh, didn't last long with Watford, but I think that was that. I don't think I can judge him based on what happened at Watford, because I think he he had already he I think he expected to come on, you know, to yeah. us. Um, yeah, and I don't think he did a poor job at Hull. I think he made it competitive at Hull. Yeah, and um, a team that was destined to go down. Yeah, so I think he did a decent job there, but I and I think a lot of people would still consider that a sexy name, just not as you know, not as big a name as Fonseca right now, because Fonseca's yeah. bring, coaching Shakhtar to to wins over over City in Champions League. Yeah, I think with, with Marco Silva, I all I almost kind of probably wrongly 
So, but I, I excuse his, his Premier League career so far and what he did at Olympiacos because obviously he won the league with Olympiacos and I kind of think, you know, right, okay, obviously to, 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 to win a, a league in Europe, you know, you've got to have some long-term ambition that, that's kind of, you've saw the fruits of the labour almost mm. before your eyes as the season's gone on. And um, and uh, from from reading former player comments and what player, what, what his staff have got to say about him they, they, they can't speak highly enough of, of his man management skills and mm. what a motivator he is of what a motivator he is and that's what Everton needs so much right now they, they need someone to come in and to, to kind of give the be a shining light to these players and to, to, to really put their arm around them and guide them really so potential manager cage match okay Fonseca versus Silva. I, I I would say Fonseca. I'd rather have Fonseca. Yeah. Fonseca mm-hmm. is my number one choice over pretty much anybody right now. Yeah. Um, Silva versus Hal. Oh, unpopular opinion for Hal. I would prefer Silva, but not by much. Not by much. Poss- possibly, I think the playing style is the one that wins me over there. I, th- I think the very clear intentions of how how wants to play. Mm-hmm. You know, you see his his Bournemouth side. They 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 take the game to whoever they're against. I mean, they can, of course they can be under the cosh when they're playing a top six team or a team that are, are above them in the table. But I feel like. Given the individuals with enough quality, and I certainly feel like that is the case at Everton, because you know there are some really talented individuals at, mm-hmm. at the Blues that you know we could kind of forge a cohesive unit out of them and bring a football and identity that we've just lacked this season. I think Silva brings an identity as well. I do think yeah. he he brings an attacking style. I I think that's. I think he does try to go out and take games against supposedly bigger teams. Uh, here's why I would say Howe over Silva. Because I think Howe looks at Everton and says, that could be a career job for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Silva looks at Everton and thinks, okay, if I do well there, it may enable me to be able to go to this other place. Yeah. That's what I frustrates me about Silva. Because we yeah. don't have any guarantees. Well, we don't have any guarantees about anybody. But if you look at Silva's past, he doesn't stick around long if he sees Jump. a bigger opportunity. Yeah, a lot. How yeah. I think would see this as a an enormous career opportunity. To, career yeah. To find. yeah, I think that's a that's a fantastic point, and um, particularly with the. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, it's not a rumor. Is it? I think it's pretty, pretty that How was an Evertonian growing up. I've so, heard that too. Yeah. I have. That that will just endear him to the fans even more. Yeah, you know, I, I I don't think he I don't think he'd be a manager who would get on the get on the fans' nerves. To to be honest, because you know, if you look at his press conferences and how he conducts himself, he's a very honest. He gives very honest assessments, and mm. I feel like that's something that we've missed at Everton for for quite some time. We missed some. We've missed someone to come in and just give an, an honest assessment. Yeah. Uh. Let's say you had a choice between Laurent Blanc or Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe? Yeah. What is your view if Laurent Blanc is given an actual opportunity? 
Laurent, Laurent Blanc's a funny one because um, he's only had three managerial jobs, hasn't he? He's had Bordeaux, the, the French national team, and PSG. Mm. So obviously, with that, you know, you think, you know, he's he, very orientated to, to the, the football within his own country, mm-hmm. and um, you know, uh, their their football and association and and their style. And again, going back to my earlier point, I don't see him as a as a long term mm. going forward. Which I think, my, my opinion of that, how it has changed because you know it, when when it, when everything was up in the air about who we were going to bring in after Cumin went, I was a big um, big advocate of Carlo Ancelotti, who in a way is quite similar to Laurent mm-hmm. Blanc in that you know he doesn't he doesn't see a long term future at the clubs that he's at and. Um, yeah, I'd, again, I, I wouldn't be completely against it. There's a lot worse that you can get than Laurent Blanc, who's won. He's what I think he he's won the league with Bordeaux. I think he won several things with with, with PSG. Mm-hmm. So that obviously brings in that winning mentality that we so desperately lack. So there are there are positives, but again, I really just want to see a project manager come in. So uh, essentially, the project manage, managers we'd be looking at: Fonseca, Silva, Howe. And you'd have to say Arteta in that in that list, even though mm-hmm. he'd be your your uh, your fourth string. <laughs> yeah, it's, re- it's really um, surprising how he can- his name kind of forged its way. I think Ken Wright the- really wants Arteta badly. That's the that's that's if I take Twitter rumors as gospel, which we all do, don't we? And we should because everything on Twitter is true. Uh, yeah. they, that's that's what people say is Arteta has been Kinrich's choice for a while. Um, and who knows? Could be a, a serious uh, a serious first managerial job for him. But it's a huge risk. Huge risk. It, it, it is. So that's why he's my last choice of the four. I agree with pretty much everything you said, except I would maybe I would consider Silva over Howe, mm. but I don't think it's I think it's a toss up. It just I say that just because I think I got to pick somebody. Um, yeah. But yeah. So, anything else on this? Nope. Um, I'll just say uh, they can't get here soon enough. No, definitely. <laughs> let's let's make this happen. Let's start building before the World Cup, please. That'd be great. Mm. All right. Well, that's it for uh, for our podcast exclusive Everton managerial news. So we are here to discuss game with Swans coming up this weekend. Uh, it's an away it's an away match, right? Mm-hmm. Which means we usually you know, play awful in yeah. away matches. Usually, usually just fall. Yeah, so I, I'm trying to keep that in mind for my prediction later. Uh, we'll have to see if it actually contributes to my <clears> prediction. <throat> we'll see. Uh, here's a bunch of information about about Swansea. Uh, not too much, but here's some. They're currently 15th in the table with 32 points. They're eight, eight, and 16. Their last three matches. They drew 1-1 with West Brom. Mm-hmm. They lost nil to two to Man U and lost nil to three to Spurs. They're not in a great stretch this past few games. All right. Um, Certainly, 
Do what? They've certainly improved. Yes, off. yes. Bringing in new manager has done wonders for them. They're no longer in the relegation zone. So mm-hmm. uh, that's already a tiny little victory for them. Uh, these players are definitely out, either on loan or in, on injury. Uh, Wilfred Boney, uh, Fair, Sanchez, uh, McBurney, Montero, and Ron Hell. So possible lineup could be looking at Fabianski, Naughton, Van der Horn, uh, Fernandez, Mawson, uh, Olsen, Ayu, Key, King, Klukas, and Jordan Ayu. Um, you spoke with a Swansea supporter earlier this week. Uh, yes. Any any information as far as danger men that we need to be thinking about or any thoughts that uh, that he might have about this one? Jordan Ayew. Jordan Ayew is the big thing for Swansea fans, really, coming back from his, uh, his red card suspension. Uh, against West Brom, Tammy Abraham got his first goal since October, but there's an overwhelming feeling that Jordan Ayew is just going to come back straight back in and and, and play with his brother, um, mm. Andre. But I, I genuinely, you know, as you said, of course, we need to be wary about this game as it with it being an away match. But also, this game means something to Swansea. They've got they've got Manchester City and Chelsea coming up after us, so this is definitely a game where they're going to feel like they can pick up points. They've won the That's last a great four. Point. Uh, I don't like you know, that. They've got the, they've won the last four in the league at home. And I really feel like under Car- Carlos Carvajal, they've been a completely different animal than what they were under Paul Clements. I mean, when we last played them, when 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 we beat them three one, they were they were rock bottom. They were they were bottom of the table. Now they're yeah. they're, they're, they're fourteenth, four points above the relegation zone, and I think they've got a few games. There. I think they've got. I think because I've, I've, I've just got notes here from when I was last talking to Swansea fans, and I think it is. If you've got a game in hand over four of the five teams below them, so obviously that, that, that that's a bonus for them. And yeah, that looks good for them. This, 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 this game means something to them, and I feel like Sam Allardyce can't underestimate that because if, he, if he's coming to the, coming into this game thinking it's going to be a walk in the park, it's certainly not going to be. Yeah. I would think he's, he. I don't know, I feel like he's not going to approach it that way. Mm. Uh, I don't think he will. Uh, I'm just worried about an emotional shift after a derby. When you play a derby, when you're, you're totally geared up, everyone's, you know, adrenaline's pumping, and then you you travel to Swansea next game. Uh, I'm worried about a letdown, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, I think I, I, after I, I've got a suspicion that this is going to be a high-scoring game. Because obviously, with you know the three-one loss to, to Manchester City at home, followed by that nil-nil at home to Liverpool, I real really feel like you know if ever there's a game to to unleash pent up aggression and, mm-hmm. and attack and intent, it'll be this game here against against ones who have struggled for the majority of the season. That is not in line with my prediction, Max. Is it not? <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, so we know out for us. We've got Holgate that's probably going to be out again. And we know Sigurdsson is still out. And then there's some other players out on loan and that are badly injured for a while. Those are obvious to Everton supporters. Um, yeah. So uh, what do you think 
Sam's going to do lineup wise, and does that differ with what you would like to do lineup wise? I think me and Sam will go with the same defensive unit: Jordan Pickford in goal, Seamus Coleman at right back, Michael Keane and Phil Jagielka at centre half, and Leighton Baines at left back. The midfield, I feel like, is where opinions going to divide between me and Sam because. I've got the feeling that it's going to be Schneidlin and Rooney in the midfield together with, with, with Tom Davies. Again, I don't feel like you, you Adrissa Gay is in the position to start. And this this is where I feel like a bit of you know discussion can be made because how, how what would you do with, with the midfield? Because would you take Schneidlin out, uh, particularly after that performance against Liverpool? Would, would you take him out and put Gay in? Personally... Uh, I I would I would play the players who played well last match. You know, mm. that's I would reward, and I feel like See, Sam tends to do that sometimes. So 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 you take Rooney out in that case and put Gay in. Yeah, but, you know, like like we were talking about Rooney before. These are the teams that Rooney really yeah, totally true. Against. Yeah, so I really do feel like there's a bit of a dialogue. I mean. Look what play, playing yourself into a bit of form does. You know, Morgan Schneiderlin all of a sudden giving us a bit of a selection headache in the mm-hmm. midfield. So Un- unheard of a few weeks yeah. ago. Uh, I think the one who's who he's going to drop. I think if he ever has any options, he drops the youngest one usually, and he always airs on the side of uh, experience. So I think so we could say we could see Gay. Schneiderlin and Rooney starting together. Rooney kind of moving a little more forward. Uh, yeah. I, I think I could see that happening. I feel like that's what... I th- there was some mention of that possibly happening earlier this week after the derby. Um, I don't know. I could see it. And he, and I feel like he'll drop Davies, even though I think Davies played well to, well enough to, to play this next game. Because I'm, I'm, I myself there, just trying to think what I'd do with Rain Rooney. I think, I mean, it might be to, to, to his, not to his satisfaction, but I think I'd just have to bench him and bring him on. Really, that's what I would do. That's exactly yeah. what I would do. I think me, me midfield would be Schneiderlin, Gay, and Davies, and yeah. And as I said this earlier, and I'll say it again. I, I don't want to see it as as Tosin being isolated. I want to see Dominic Calvert Lewin, Tosin, and Walcott playing up front together. Uh, you know, I, I want to see them kind kind of emulate this 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 front three that, that Liverpool really kind of put on the map with the, the kind of constant movement in and around each other, always creating chances for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I really feel, I really want to see that because I feel, you know, the, 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 the impact that Calvert-Lewin had on the game when he came on w- was really good. And he's not a winger. He's not a winger. And I think a lot of people need to realise if you if you're gonna stick him out on the wing it's gonna you know it, it not not so much it's gonna deteriorate deteriorate his ability but you know there's gonna be so much to his game that you're not gonna see. So I feel like you know playing them as a tighter front three, we kinda get the best out of all of them then. I don't know if he's gonna change formation to play them as a as a tighter front three. I don't know if he'll do that. But I could eat, I could see him throwing DCL in for Belasi and playing DCL as a winger. I think with DCL as a winger, what we saw was great work ethic. We yeah. saw him bravely tracking back, winning possession, 
having a little cojones, taking players on 1v1. I think he's got more quickness right now than Balassi does. Yeah. Uh, Balassi's got more power. DCL's got more quickness. I think Balassi puts a better ball in the middle, um, you know, crossing, putting it across. I don't think DCL is much of a crosser. Uh, as far as far as putting service in from the side, DCL is all about slicing in and trying to get short combinations with people, or laying it off to Baines to let him cross. Yeah, that's what I think you see more from from DCL. I don't know. I I I, I could see a world where Sam still starts Velocity and brings DCL in the second half. I could see mm. it, um, just because I like I said I think he he tends to play experience. But I think if you judge who played the better match uh, last Saturday, it's DCL. And that's who I would start. I think you and I would start the same players. Maybe, I don't know about the formation. I, I haven't really thought about formation, i got to be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think we'd start the exact same players. Um, I just don't know. If, I, I, I think Sam will definitely disagree with what we're saying, though, in terms of the midfield. I don't know if he's going to go with our choices. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see him yanking Davies and putting Rooney in there, and I could see him starting Belasi. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, I think even if he, I think he just needs to start Gay. I think if he doesn't start Gay, that's when they start taking advantage of our lack of speed in the midfield. Yeah, I agree. So, anyway, uh, prediction time. Two two. Two-two. I'm asking for the big hurt here. I, 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 I'm picking a 1-0 win. I don't know why. Why do I think our defense is going to hold firm like we did last week? Yeah. You know what I mean? Why do I think that? Because I think we're going to be more attacking. I don't think we're going to – I think one of the reasons we held them last week is because we chilled and we over-respected them. And we didn't give them a lot of opportunities because they had so much space outside the 18. You know, but I don't know why. I think we're going to get a goal. You know, I don't know why. I, my, me, me thought process wasn't so much, you know, look at how well we did in the last game. Because, you know, defensively, we, we were solid and we were exceptional against Liverpool. I just think from a Swansea point of view, this game is important. Yeah. And, and it's it's a game that they can see themselves, you know, picking points up in whether that be one or three. I feel like it's definitely one that they're going to approach. That they, you know, they they they're just going to say. And I think Carlos Carvajal deserves a tremendous amount of credit for for what he's done. Yeah. And particularly for the way he's conducted himself, because I've not quite seen a man, you know, other than a Jurgen Klopp or Pep Guardiola, or Jose Mourinho, come in and have such a you know a, a positive influence and get grab so many so so many headlines and uh, and media attention but i've just got a feeling he's just going to say you know look they're there to be added at the back they, you know they, they've been vulnerable at the, at the back this season and it's a game we've got to pick points up in i mean looking at this potential lineup they could be starting uh andre ayu kind of on the right and that would be up against Leighton Baines, mm-hmm. who defends well but doesn't have the speed he used to. Okay, that will be an interesting matchup, I think. Yeah, you know, because uh, I think Coleman could handle 
Klukas on the side, if that's who would be on the side. I think that's who would be on the side, the other mm-hmm. flank. Uh, um, but also, I mean, if I look at this particular lineup, they're talking about basically five in the back. Not yeah. Vanderhorn, uh, Fernandez, Mawson, and Olsen. So that means, really, Olsen and Naughton will be the ones on the wing, yeah. bomb, bombing forward. And that's really who the wingers will be. And yeah. those are still two fast players. Still, I don't know if fast as they were, quick players. Okay? So, I don't know, man. I'm, the more I talk about it, the more pessimistic I get. So maybe we need yeah. to stop. Uh, <laughs> because <laughs> you may have talked me into a 2-0 loss. Uh, <laughs> I was picking no, a 1-0 I, win for us, and no, now I'm, I'm like, oh shit, how are we even going to... Yeah. Me, me, as, I, as I said earlier, I just see this as a, as a game that's got goals in it, you know, because I feel like Everton have got, you know, I think Everton will really try and make an impression this game. I think, obviously, coming into it, it's a game that Sam will see as one that we should win. Mm-hmm. And one where he'd really say to Walcott, where he'd say to Tosin, you know, Come on, try and try and make your mark on this game because the, mm. you know, they haven't been excellent this season, and and we can try and exploit them. But obviously, on the flip side to that, this is a a much more important game for Swansea mm. than it is for us. So I feel like they're gonna they're gonna give us a fight. So here's my here's my the way I'm feeling about this now. After taking what you say on board. I think the last game, despite the fact that we drew, actually gave us some confidence. Definitely, definitely from the way it ended. Okay. So I think we drew some confidence there. Uh, either, either we drew confidence or we are severely disappointed. So I'm going to say either a 2-0 loss because we'd be severely disappointed or a 2-0 win. Because of the confidence. I'm flat out going to... I'm not going to say a tie. I think 1-0 is too close. I think there are two very distinct ways this could go. Because I think Swans are going to be gunning for us. Like you said. Yeah. And either we'll be, we'll be carved out of wood, ready for it. Or we're going to be like, Oh, we should have won the Darby. Damn it. And we're going to yeah. get drilled. Yeah. That, I've, I've gotten clarity. And I'm pulling yeah. in Edward. Yeah, head in your heart. I'm not going to say head in my heart. I'm going to say two heads. Yeah, I got, the, left side, the left side of your brain and the right side of your yes, brain. Yes, yes. Do, <laughs> do, do I think we're somehow going to gain confidence out of the game? Or do I think we're going to be like feeling sorry for ourselves and wallowing in the fact that we dropped two points, which we mm. did? So which, 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 one of our, which one of our brains is going to take over? I don't know. Yeah. I think it depends on who's taking charge in the locker room. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Now that I've danced on the fence long enough, <laughs> I pick us to win or lose. Hey. That's, I'm a ridiculous human. I guess that's it. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's it for, for our uh, Swansea preview. And that's it for the big show. If you've been listening via podcast, please subscribe. Uh, our, our pod would appreciate it. Uh, also... Uh, subscribe to the Toffee Blues YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, leave a like, leave a comment. We're gradually nearing 700, and we're striving for 1,000. May not happen, whatever. Uh, check out Max's analysis on the Toffee Blues website. 
and just just check out the Toffee Blues website as a whole. You know, play around on there. Uh, there's a lot of lot of Everton stuff on there. Check out the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and I have nothing else. So, Max, thanks a lot, man. Good to talk. Great, great to talk. And uh, yeah, here's uh, here's hoping we we don't play like like shit on on this weekend on Saturday. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, man. Take care uh, for Max for Jerry. We are out. Bye.